Okay, greetings. It is Dr. Love the Couch Cafe here. And I didn't mean to want to do anything today. Um, but I ran across something so critical that I thought it should share it. Um, it has been a wild day. And I made some decisions out of my feelings. <sighs> Because I've been frustrated and tired. But above all things, God is in control. And, um, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm just, I've just been really frustrated. I just got a lot of going on. And I know it has everything to do with what I'm coming into. And I promise you today... Um, my friend from Kelly sent me, um, something uh, around six today and I feel like it was right on time. He was like, Shalom family. I am with you in prayer and, and spirit. And he said, Shalonda, keep your eyes forward. When the devil or the shaitan keeps asking you to look at your past, there's something in your future he doesn't want you to see. It's so funny, right? How I was so frustrated ruminating over past events. And reacted um, out of my my emotions um, and not really looking at things from the bigger picture and that's a, that's a lot um, to take into account right so anyway I want to shout out to the homie, and I appreciate um, you sowing these words into my life at the most apparent time, because God has definitely placed it upon your heart always at the right time. So, um, thank you for that. I appreciate you much for sowing those seeds of encouragement. Okay, so let me get to the clip first, and then I'll respond, and then we'll go from there. Up your tax game? Well, goddammit, I guess not, then, goddamn. Instead of saying, that's not what holiness is about. 
you have a misunderstanding of holiness, they rather say you over holy. Either you're holy or you're not. There's no such thing as being over holy. But we use that, we throw those terms around greatly. And then the Creator said that He's holy and we're holy. And holy means separate. You know, separate, you know, for a, a sanctity. You know, and, uh, it sanctifies basically another term in English, it means cleanse. Uh, but separation sometimes is good. In the beginning of Genesis, we have a lot of uh, separation a lot. In the beginning, in, in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, there's a lot of terms of separation that's being used there in the book of Genesis. But uh, so sometimes you've got to stand out and stand different. And then this is a command and a suggestion from coming from the Most High. And it goes on to say, He said it's it's a command and not a gesture, meaning. It's something you have to do. He's not saying you should do it however you feel, when you feel, any time you feel. You shall, I'm just going to read a couple of these and then we'll move on. Uh, you should fear every man, his mother and his father, and shall keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Now, in the Decalogue, Exodus 20 chapter, the Shabbat, it's a poor command. And then it says, you know, compared to the Bika way, I mean, you know, honor your father and your mother. Alright, so here they just reverse it. Not only the order of the Shabbat coming after, you know, the, the respect that's given to a parent, but also within the verse of honor, your father and your mother, it's talking about reverence, fear. His mother and his father. A certain type of reverence. You know, every man should fear, you know, his mother and his father. So now, they make the child equally have, have respect equally, equally for their parents. Most people in this society here talk about their mother, respect their mother, but they don't respect their father. Uh, especially, um, you know, people of color. You know, my, my people. Uh, they, they tend to um, rather great athletes, I like think my mom, so on, so on, so on, so God might be somewhere in there once in a while. And my manager, my coaches, you know, my fans. But you usually don't hear father too much. And, um, but here it is, that's why in the Decalogue, it says honor your father first. Because most people don't honor their father first because they introduce to their father basically by their moms. You know, by their mother. They know their mother first. They come familiar with their mother first. So therefore, it would be natural for them to honor their mother, but it would be so natural for them to honor their father. But then, in this particular verse, it says, every man should fear his mother and his father. Now, we know, especially guys, you know, I grew up around my time, that, yeah, no problem, having that fear of your father if you did something out of, out of order. But you figure you could talk to your moms and work it out. You could get away with it with your mother and work it out. So that makes a unique difference in those areas there. So when we look at those areas there um, that the law is reversed for a 
particular reason. Uh, and then just going to, um, I'm going to fast forward to some All right. Nigga man. Nigga man. Oh my God. Boy. Had you really known this? Imagine. Imagine. Right? And and it's so funny because I've been talking about this for the longest time. And um, when you think about the countless number of women that purposefully keep their children away from the fathers. When you really understand the curses upon the people, you will see why most of them have such hard times. It has everything to do with what God has commanded us to do. And what happens when we get outside of his protection? Without protection, the walls come tumbling down. Let me tell you. And the reason why he is to be reverenced first Uplifted. And be saying this shit, goddamn, till I'm blue in the face. I've been saying it and saying it. And surely the Father has proved me again. Man. And this is how you know. What he's saying to be true. Peep this. Mm. Did I take take it away? I think I might have. There it is. Okay, it's it's in uh, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Eliah, and, um, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. And he shall return the heart of of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. At least I come and smite the earth with a curse. Mind you, mind you now, understand it's so unnatural to see the black family structure in the state is in. Because if we kept the principle that this man said, imagine how many people would still be married. 
and fathers in the home. If we honor the principle of the father ruling over his house. And y'all niggas in, in relationships don't go unscathed because according to the culture, it's the same as a marriage. So when a man is not covering his woman in righteous judgment, meaning leading her there, it's his responsibility to make sure everything walks in line with Torah. Because that was given unto him. But when we outside of our natural order, we're not in the, we're not um, where we should be. So I'm gonna read this Psalms, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna um, close it out. And I'm coming from Psalms 26. Judge me, O Yahuwah, for I have walked in my integrity, meaning. Integrity has everything to do with reverence, respect, loyalty, uprightness, uh, diligent, showing fruit, being present, all of those things. Because it goes back to accountability, right? I heard a guy yesterday. And he was talking about how he got out of prison and he said he went to this place. Um, he, he said he got out of prison and he was going to go back to selling drugs again. He said, but one day he met somebody and they told him to go to this program. And he went to the program and he said the program taught him accountability. What does that mean? One's ability to look at themselves and analyze themselves and um, make correct judgments. Because when you analyzing yourself, you have to judge yourself. And you have to put down the things that you've done and have not done in the lives of others and stack that and look at yourself. Man, you know, you know me. I'll tell you when I'm wrong. I was wrong today. But um, at the end of the day, God be the glory. Because he knows my heart and where I was when I, when I create such actions. But I was just frustrated. Which means niggas got to apologize and shit and get their life together. Anyway. Let's get to it. Okay, let me turn. We got the 26th Psalm on T. Got you right now. Okay. We are going to go to Psalms 26. Psalms 26. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A song of David. Judge me, O Yehovah, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted in Yehovah without wavering. 
Examine me, O Yahuwah, and try me. Test my reins and my heart. Now, I don't know about that. Now, when David says this, we wonder what stage of his life he said that. You know, because uh, most of the songs, people are after me. People doing this here, I'm better than them. You know, and we know that that, that apologetic song, the 51st song, when he when he dealt with that that, that matter with Uriah the Hittite and Bathsheba, could he say that at that particular time? So, and he noticed that judge me, you know, I mean, according, you know, and and and, and, and it's one thing when people say, you know, a lot, a lot of people they said judge not unless you be judged. That means a bunch of wrong people want to get away doing the wrong things. But David said, told him, judge me. You know, and he, and, he, and he said, look, I walk according to what I believe to be right. But he ain't satisfied with what he believed to be right. He was wholeheartedly into it. Some people do certain things and they honestly and in all earnest say, this is what I believe to be right. And sometimes it can be wrong. But they earnestly believe it to be right. It's almost like some of our parents and relatives that might have a different religious ideology than ours. And they pray and they do this and do that. And um, they firmly believe you know, that it's the will of God. And when they make decisions, they firmly going to make the decisions according to the ideology that they, 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 they um, trust in. And David saying, at this particular time, so I, I, I'm not looking for you to leave it to me like that. I want you to judge me according to that, you know. And uh, and he said, I trusted in the Lord without wavering. That means I didn't make a mistake. I didn't say, no, well, things going hard now. Things now uh, up to snuff now. I don't know if God going to pull me through this one. David saying, I didn't never had that kind of feeling. That's what he's saying. Nobody could convince me that you're not able. That's what David's saying right here in this song. So why is that? Because this song goes along with Akrimo. This is after the death of Aaron's two sons. This is when Aaron was told by Moses that God would be sanctified by those who come nigh me. And so now Aaron is giving up about how he's going to approach the Holy of Holies once a year during the month of Ethanine on, on Yom Kippur, the holiest day, you know, for, for Israelites to try to make an atonement. And he got to be correct because he go inside the Holy of Holies at least five times, changing clothes ten times, offering on a normal day, if it, you know, I mean, if it don't be on the um, a shower by itself, 15 sacrifices. So he's very busy that particular day. And he's told on that particular day when everybody trying to plead for their sins and atone for their sins that he could be the first one to possibly die. So now, when you look at David, the priest, the Hakohain, the actual one they had to go in there, the, the, the high priest, he got to have that same conviction within his mind when he go into the Holy of Holies. And David's in it, and, and, and David bringing that, bringing it out, you know, a point in his life where he was on that particular level. And then we read in Samuel sometimes his children was called Kohanim. 
which is strange for a person coming out of Judah. But let's just read a little bit further. A person coming out of Judah. But let's just read a little bit further. We're in verse 3. Yeah. For thy mercy is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not said it. I have not sat with men of falsehood, neither will I go in with the assemblers. I uh, hate right there. Mm -hmm. All right, okay, before we get to the hate. All right, one thing we know right there and there, David is not satisfied with one thing. He said, test me. Check me out. You know, nine times, who volunteered for a test? Unless they're sure of something. I know I don't volunteer for tests. Unless I'm absolutely sure that I can pass the test. Because usually when you volunteer for a test, you ain't writing it up. Somebody else is, is setting it up and setting the standards. And when they set the standards for you to, you know what I mean, to apply to, then that's a little bit uncomfortable situation. But David said, look, at it, not only, you know what I mean, you know, test me, try my reins. In other words, make sure. That I'm, I'm strong enough, like I'm saying, because we have the same talk with some cheap people doing their sleep, you know. So I'm not just talking this. I want you to test me, pull me, put me in the range, you know. What I mean, see, see, see how, how much I can stand. That's a that's a tough prayer. But a priest got to be tough when he go in there. Oh, the oldest that 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 time. He can't go in there intimidated. He got to go in there dedicated. At that particular time. Let's read a little bit further. Fifth. It reads. I mean six. Verse Picture. five. 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 Yeah. I hate the gathering of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash okay. my hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Yehovah, that I okay. may make the voice of thanksgiving to be heard, and tell uh -huh. of all thy wondrous works. Okay. Yehovah, I love the habitation of thy house. And the place where thy glory dwells. Hold right there. Now, that's something we always say a lot. Alright? You know, we know we love the habitation house, a place where glory dwells. You know, and know it's so strange. It's almost reminiscent of what that 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 that, that prayer that Bill said. You know, You know, how goodly are their tents. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you know, you know, oh, you know oh, Israel, that tabernacle, you know, how good they are the tents of Israel, that tabernacle, you know, how good they are the tents of Jacob, that tabernacle of Israel. All right. So that prayer, uh, it's, like I said earlier about Sukkot, we dwell in tents. Bill, Bill, I've seen the tents that they was dwelling in and said it's good, but you have something even better. You know, you got a tabernacle. Well, hell is a tent, even though we would call it, you know, the tent of meeting, or, you know, you know, or hell, and that was the one tent that most tenders there at that same time, but they all go in tents. And there's an ambiance of holiness looking uh, from that particular area. And also, they had the Mishkan itself. Bill um, recognized that that was the item there, that they really are secure. And he's up in the mountain. Looking down on it. And what uh, we find here is that when we look at uh, David, 
said, he said pretty much, you know, in a place where like Glory dwells, he talked about the tabernacle because he didn't have the temple in his time. And the tabernacle itself in David's time didn't look that great. For a good part of David's time, for a certain part of David's time, the actual tabernacle and the beginning of his reign was missing certain items. So how could it be the glory of God, where God's glory dwelt at that, and you're missing certain items? Uh, but just another story. So we, we got uh, the ninth verse. Verse 9 reads, Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with men of blood. Uh-huh. And whose hands is craftiness, and their right hand is full of bribes. Uh-huh. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be gracious unto me. Uh-huh. My foot standeth in an evil, even place. In the congregations will I bless Yahweh. Hallelujah. and speak of truth in his heart. All right, right there and there. He asked this question because that is where the highest spiritual area is. Who should be able to dwell there? And he doesn't talk about the earthly tabernacle, but he used that as a reference. You know, who should dwell there? And the quality of the individual that got to be there. That's what he's talking about. And, you know, and, 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 and when you look at the Hebrew and stuff like that, um, he has a lot of uh, great, um, you know. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, when you talk about, you know, who do you know, Yakur, Gur, you know, Yakur is like almost like a stranger, a sojourner, you know, in the tabernacle, you know, and you know, um, and you know, and then and, and talk about the holy mountain. Not only there. But not, I don't, I'm not only want to be able to dwell on the earthly thing, I want to be able to go and ascend even higher than that on your holy mountain. Because the tabernacle itself didn't necessarily was on the mountain. It could be on a level ground because wherever the tabernacle was, the difference between the tabernacle and the, and, and the, and the temple was the tabernacle made the area holy, whereas the temple itself was placed on holy ground. And so the ground was hollow in that area. So David looking uh, uh, forward in that in that in that particular area there. 
right? And, and then it says, you know, Holek Tamin, right? Holek Tamin, I mean, we know Holek is going, walking, right? But Tamin, we got that term that's used there. Um, Tom is like the whole heart of a plain person. Noah is called Tom. Jacob is called a Tom, a plain man dwelling in tents, right? So Tamin, that means, it, it means in a sense of integrity. I'm whole in that area. I'm not going to waver and, and dance from this and that and the other. I'm fully committed. All right, let's pick up the next uh, few verses. It reads, Three. verse 2, right? He that, oh, yeah. walk, he that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart, that have no slander upon his tongue, nor doeth evil to his fellow, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honoreth them that fear Jehovah. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money on interest, nor taketh a bribe against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So now we had a couple interesting um, things here. But uh, it makes the song so packful, even though it's, it's short, and you know, and, and you, know, you basically only have uh, basically five verses in the song. In the five verses, all 613 laws is condensed in 11 different phases. When you look at it now, I don't have time to do it you know, now, but I'm saying, when you look at the, the 613 laws, statute and judgment, 248 positive, 365 negatives, David pretty much condensed this and saying, this is the type of person you need to be in order to be successful. And therefore, and, and he said he's actually true to his own heart in order to be successful. And therefore, and, and he said he's actually true to his own heart. See, some people will say something, but they don't believe it and feel it in their heart. And they'll say it verbally, but it's not in their heart because they might figure politically correct to say it at this particular point in time. David said, I'm not like that. So what we learn from the the, the Kohen and Kedoshim, you know, that he must exercise a pure heart, a love for the Creator, and he got to be brave enough to, and, to, to, to put his life on the line for his commitments. And that's what we got to be able to do. Be able to. Man, there's another statement for your ass. Brave enough to put your life on the line. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Brave enough and sure enough in righteousness have enough faith in God that we could put our life on the line, you know, for what we believe in. So, and I'm not saying, and I want to make sure I, I make this clear, because they're just saying, uh, I die for my belief. No, I ain't trying to die for my belief. I'm just, for, for me, myself. I'm not trying to die for my belief. I'm going to live for mine. Let somebody else die for their belief. I'm going to live for mine because then we talk about a God, you know what I mean, of the living and not the dead. So, but that's saying, any mistakes been my own, and I greet everybody else. Uh, early Shabbat Shalom and, uh, and Shalom Aleichem.
get to the other part of this. And I think it will go, it's like going to coincide. So listen to now. Um, this is really what the message is about today. And it's another collaboration. <laughs> yeah, it is. God damn it, Ananiah. Listen, 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 listen. So the last message, right? <laughs> I get a call and it's like, you a thief. You a thief. I'm like, I'm a thief. Why? Why am I a thief? He's like, because you, you stole. What I steal? He was like, you stole. I was like, nigga, nigga, listen, I told you. I had already told him I was going to, I was going to touch it. <laughs> I also told him I was touching this. Yeah, I did. So I hope he, um, he also approves of this collaboration, but I ain't touched this one too much. I kind of like married it <laughs> like together like appropriately so i i'm not touching it too much this time ananiah but i did touch it a little bit so let's get started with the with the top portion and i guess considering you know earlier we talked about the male's role in the house and understanding what his role is you've constantly heard me talk about it over and over again and please forgive me if you hear me breathing a little harsh or whatever because <clears throat> Hold on, let me get my inhaler real quick Because the air quality here has been so bad This is like stuff I never had Okay, so California is supposed to have like smog or whatever It's supposed to be real bad But I never really, asthmatically, I've never really had to deal with it Probably because, you know, I grew up there and I guess used to it But ever since I moved here, my asthma has been so bad I've never really had as much problem with my asthma as I have since I moved here Anyway it's funny because my youngest son, he used to have like real bad problem with asthma back home. And now we're here. He doesn't have any issues with his asthma from time to time. He might, but not like I've had real bad problems with asthma. I really didn't have a lot of problems um, with it until I moved here. So sorry. I have to have two puffs. Okay, so when you be hearing me breathing all extra hard, you already know it's not because I'm fit. But I am kind of chunky, but you know me. Every <laughs> time I be listening to myself, I be like, I'm like, ooh, that sounds so bad. I sound like a, like a, a big old, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, shit. <laughs> okay, so, uh I am kind of laying on my stomach. Anyway, anyway, goddamn. Um, let me get my life together. <sighs> I'm laughing now. I had the rough day. I, okay, anyway, I had a horrible week last week. My week was shitty. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was bad. And I know it's because I had made a decision not to take that job. I swear to God, as soon as I was like, yeah, I'm not going to take the job. Tell you the rest of the week was like, bullshit. Man, I had the horrible weekend. My my um my tire went out. Like it, I feel, I still feel like somebody poked it because it was a nice little small little piercing in the tire. Like somebody stuck it. You know what I mean? Like somebody literally stuck my tire. Anyway, moving on. Mm. And after I had to go replace the tire, I get home. 
somebody blocked the whole like entrance into my apartment. Like that, they had like pulled. A, my daughter has a wheelchair, so they 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 um parked up on the ramp. So like, if she needed to get out, she couldn't get out. She would been stuck. She was stuck in the house like the whole weekend. They were like parked there from the eight o'clock in the morning all the way to the time I went back to work, which is around. I left here around seven. No, I didn't. I left here around six o'clock. So they was parked there that whole time. I was hot ass mad. It was just anyway. Yeah, it was a horrible weekend. <laughs> Talking about the enemy be busy doing stuff. I just know God must be finna be God. God, God definitely must be finna bust the shit out of my ass financially, seriously. Cause he definitely came out my cash this weekend. Anyway, marriages fall apart when we don't submit to God's original design for it. And and let me just tell you once again. See, Christianity got you thinking marriage is the shit you do when you go up and, and commit vows. Even, even your government understand that there is no marriage without consummate, consummation. If you get married and you never consummate, you're not technically considered married. See that? That's why you have to understand consummation is actually marriage, not actually any other thing. So while y'all out here not, oh, I ain't got no wife because you ain't like did vows, nigga. No. Did you, did you hear that? Did you ever read the Bible and see that there was vows? Did you watch Muslim nations and think there was vows? No, goddamn. It's the consummation. It's the marriage act all day, every day. So have you consummated with some folks? Yes, sir, uh, ma'am, uh, y'all married. Y'all don't have to like it. You don't have to believe it or agree to it. You can have that conversation with God later on, niggas. Anyway, <laughs> that is marriage. I don't care how you put it, that is marriage. Once you've consummated, that is your husband, that is your wife. Yup. <laughs> so y'all out here doing shit with other niggas. Yeah, you got consequences. We be wondering why we be having consequences and shit be going on in our lives and we be fucked all up. Just start thinking about your your behavioral patterns, as the brother said earlier. Mm-hmm. They be they be twisted. That's okay. It's a self-reflective ass week. Yep, yep. Reflection. Anyway, Adam and Hawa in Genesis. Chapter 2, 18 through 25, right? The beginning of an inheritance. Well, the beginning of the inheritance was, yeah, they were, they was going to live it up. Then the serpent was like, no, girl, let me smack them cheeks. The serpent got busy with, yeah, he got, he got busy with Hawa and produced and produce some children. Even though Christians are, and a lot of people tell you that's not what happened, but if you really paid attention to what was going down, yeah, 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 that's 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 what happened. Cause, cause see, um, somebody at the, the 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 pastor at work taught this lesson last week and had all the Christians mad because they didn't know. But you know, your smart ass girl around town now, <laughs> they couldn't wait to come find my ass. So all the guys, a couple guys come out and say, oh, everybody mad. 
the guy's name is Spike. And Spike, because he said X, Y, and Z. I said, well, let's revisit. Note how it says that she says when she talks about um, Seth, she said, I've received a man in the image of Adam. Yeah, that's what, he, that's what she said. And also note, niggas, take note that Cain nor Abel is mentioned in the lineage of Adam. But you know, most people say, oh, he's not mentioned in the lineage of Adam because Cain was evil. And he mentioned the good ones, but niggas, niggas, niggas. And all the rest of the lineages, even the evil kids got mentioned. Yes, yes, they did. They just told you that they ass was evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, Father, I know these niggas ain't going to like this because they have a problem with women teaching shit. But, you know, sometimes there's just basic ass truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just go on and look for yourself. Anyway, moving on now. <laughs> so, how what? The beginning of, of, of um, in the inheritance, right, of blessings, of... Them not having to worry about working and nothing. Just imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have to worry about working. You would just chill and relax. And when you're hungry, you just reach up into the tree. Or, you know, just go in and grab something to eat. And it's just there. And you ain't got to work for it. You ain't got to till the ground. It just produce some shit. You know, when you ain't got to do nothing. Well, they call that retirement now, see? Yeah, you want to thank God for, um, better hope you ever have a retirement. Some of y'all niggas work real hard and y'all ain't going to have no retirement. Y'all going to have SSI and y'all going to still have to work. See that there? That's why it's important to cultivate some shit. You always hear me talking about this here, like, like, um, the importance of investing money. Mm-hmm, niggas. And we invest so we won't have to do what? Rely on SSI, niggas, because it ain't enough money. You understand people who have SSI still got to do work. And you got to still work some shit out. You know what I mean? You don't want to have to do that. You want to have a retirement, 401k, you know, that thing. You feel me? And then even if you got one, you never know. You just want to have other streams of income. It's important. See? I missed the first wave of of that money trail called, um, what they call it shit now, goddamn. The coins. Electro coins. I don't know shit. I can't think about it right now. <laughs> I sound like an old man. I sound old now. Let me get you some electro coins. I forgot. I can't think of the name of the shit right now. But I got another company right now and I got about four million dollars worth of this shit and all I need is for that shit to hit a dollar because soon as it hit a dollar I got four million dollars yep niggas ain't fucking with that shit Mm-mm. but you know what's really interesting yeah uh, so there was a um Yeah, no, I ain't even gonna talk about it because when you start telling people shit, you might might hijack your ass and lock you up. Anyway, moving on now, goddamn. So, um, <laughs> bitcoins—that's what the shit call. Uh huh. 
I missed the Bitcoin trail. Man, I wish I had got it when I didn't. I was too scared to get it because at the time when they were first selling it, how you were able to, um, you had to put it in like a flash drive or some shit. And, you know, that was iffy. And my thoughts was, if I lose this shit, I'm fucked. Because all my money is on a flash drive. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Motherfuckers is $30,000 per coin. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of shit right there. Mm -hmm. That's why I went ahead and gone in. This time I gone and grabbed some. And they're on the top. Part of the top. um, There's a couple of them that's pretty, pretty good right now. So the one I have is is probably on the fourth of the top four. Um, yeah, it's called Sheba. You know, if you want to get some now, you might want to go on and grab it because it's starting to um, increase slowly but quickly. It's called Sheba, you know. That's what it's called. Anyway, moving on now, niggas, goddamn. Um... Adam, however, failed to serve as the fence. Now, Hebraically, the fence is is the protection around. It, it represents a house, right? That's Bet, I believe. That's the house, because Aleph is the bull, and Bet is the house. It also is synonymous with man. And that, that house represents a protection, right? Because inside the house, you're protected from what? The storm. Yes, you are. And the woman is what? The beam, the structure. You know, it holds up the house, right? When you think about the representation of what they recall or what they mean in the Hebrew language and alphabet, right? Now, he failed to be a pillar to his woman he didn't protect her from the serpent allowing the serpent to enter and ruin Hawa this couple lost their home despite living in Eden the perfect environment since one spouse was influenced by someone outside of the home Mm-hmm. She was, right, influenced by someone outside the home. Now, mind you now, women also get influenced by who? They friends, niggas. They friends. They families, too, right? Family members probably influence your relationship and fuck up your relationship more than their friends do. Friends is number two. Family is, is number one. And oftentimes, they kind of like close, neck and neck. See, women... When you let outside friends interfere with your relationships. See, I, you, you can consult with folks. But you want to be consulting with folks that's going to give you a proper information. People who is going to speak wisdom to you. People who are not going to have their own game. Now, I have friends who are married that do things. Yeah, they do, outside of their marriage. But I give them still wisdom. Still they life. They're going to choose to dabble outside if they want to now, goddamn. But at least you're going to tell them rightly. 
And I don't mind saying, be and speak, speaking truth. Now, if they got a fucked up mate, then they got a fucked up mate. But they're going to have to make a decision to decide whether they're going to stay married or not. Still going to be their decision. I can't tell people what to do. I'm, well, let me say this. I can consult, but I can't make the choices for them. Everybody has to make their own choices. Yeah, I've heard some stories for your ass. Whew. Now, I have a cold friend, goddamn, her ass is dangerous. Shit, if I told you, goddamn it, the shit she be doing, I'd be like, nigga, how the hell you get away with this shit? But she get away with the shit she be doing, goddamn. I'm telling you, she a cold ass something, boy. And I mean, goddamn, that's a school niggas to learn from, goddamn it. Yeah, it is. Boy, she, she, shit, I thought my mama was dangerous. This heifer, boy, she, ooh, she put my mama to shame, goddamn, she, ooh-wee, yes, she is, ooh, that's a, that's a, I'm telling you, she need to write a book now, goddamn, I got book, story, time, TV, or something, she surely do, yes, she should. Storytime TV, goddamn Storytime TV. There are days I be like, girl, how the hell you do that? She be like, shit. <laughs> I be like, nigga. I don't know how you do it, but you a cold one, girl. I'm telling you, she dangerous. Ooh-wee. Yes, she is. All right, now, moving on now, goddamn. Um... Since one spouse was influenced by an outside, uh, someone outside their home, and they were. As a result of Adam's failure to shield his wife, trouble started. Oh, yeah. See, you can only protect your wife so far. That's why it's important to have a wise-ass wife. Pick the kind that's going to not be goddamn, you know, coerced. Because that's pretty much what she was. She was coerced. She was coerced into make movement. She did make movements, right? She was coerced. That means that she was easily influenced. Yeah, sometimes it's some of those women like that there. They got them friends, goddamn. Woo. Y'all already know them friends be all in their ear. Ooh, if it was me, ooh, I ain't even, I, I wasn't putting up, ooh, if it didn't be the same motherfucking friends trying to hump on your man. I'm just saying, y'all better watch out with your friends now. And friends, see, you have a good thing they try to snatch your man up. Just saying, just saying. Abraham and Sarai. Abram and Sarai, right? Genesis 11 and 29. Marriages were meant to be fruitful. And they were. They are meant to be fruitful. That's why it's important to choose a wise mate. Who operates wisely. Who thinks wisely. Wisdom is an important thing. Goddamn. But wisdom is the application of knowledge. It means somebody knows something. And the thing that they know. They're applying it in their life. Because just because you know some shit, you have knowledge of something is nothing if you're not utilizing it. Right? So Abraham, he broke the hedge of sanctity by going into Hagar. 
well, um, he would not have done it because he was a righteous man. His father was a righteous man. Yeah. But he had that nigga woman. You know how y'all nigga women are. Oh, baby, you know, if you just go ahead and do it this way. And, uh, baby, if we just get this house now. And the husband is like, no, honey, not right now. No, it's, we can't do that right now. And she said, no, 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 baby. We just, uh, we can move this around and we going to do this and we going to, um, yeah. You know how y'all do it? You know how y'all ass are? You didn't beat and coerce your husband. He didn't already told you not to do X, Y, and Z or that we can't do something. And then y'all just pushing for some shit. I have a friend that I work with. This nigga working three jobs. Now, the bad thing is that he got ghetto triplets. So when you get ghetto triplets, the wife is like, yeah, nigga. And now you're trying to, trying to, trying to make alms of a mistake you made. Huh? You're paying for some shit. So now he's working three jobs. Killing himself, man. I swear I hate to see him like that. I'd be like, man, you need to get some rest. This ain't healthy. And, and it's because he got to give his wife a house. She wanted, they got a house now. They don't. Now she want to build a house from scratch. He's like, but she goes to school. I said, I'm sure she does. And she stay at home with the kids. I said, okay. But you're working three jobs. And you're killing yourself to buy a house. Because you made a mistake. And now you're still trying to make it up to the wife. But if she was sorry... I mean, if you were sorry and she forgave you, then you wouldn't have to be making up for something. Right? Yeah. And my thought is, if your ass falls sick tomorrow, who gonna... You know what I'm saying? We, 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 men will work hard. They'll kill themselves working hard. And the women will, will see them working hard and they don't say shit. They just believe they have to be taken care of you. Not understanding you, not supposed to put all of that on one person. I don't understand why people work hard by themselves in order to supply themselves with stuff. Cause, cause seriously, um, if you fall dead and die tomorrow, one, what will you leave? For those behind. Because sometimes most people don't even have anything that they've accumulated. You've worked hard and you can get sick tomorrow. Right? And you haven't accumulated any wealth. Not to leave anybody behind in case you die. But you're going to kill yourself working. But you ain't got shit to leave behind. Nor who's going to pick up from that. You get what I mean? I know y'all think I'll be saying some very disrespectful things or some very bad things, but I'll be being real. Cause some, I've, I've seen men work hard and they actually don't have a savings. They actually don't have something that they put away. They haven't stored anything away. Not saying that you need to store stuff away, but if you're going to kill your goddamn self working, goddamn it, you better have something to show for it. 
I have a friend, his agenda was to be a millionaire by the age of 40. And he worked every fucking day. Every day, he works every day. And I said to him, I said, he had a baby. Baby's like probably five now. I'm like, how often do you see a child? Not that much. So you're working all this this way and you you have no time with your child. And I said, who is going to, like, how, how what you going to say? Like, when he turned 18 and be looking for you to have been there, you, you didn't, you was working hard. You didn't, you weren't there. Like, what, what do you say? Oh, well, I had to make this money. They don't give a fuck about that money. They want you. You understand? Okay. All right. Y'all going to learn. Y'all think I'm being disrespectful, mean, or some shit, but it's a true fact. There's my kid. I went to school and worked and did all of those things, but I did spend time with kids. We had family days. We had movie nights. I took my kids on vacations. I spent time with them. I engrossed myself within them. I pushed them to do um, uh, uh, extracurricular activities like sports and um, they played instruments. I did all kinds of shit with theirs. I mean, I wanted them to have a well-rounded life, right? Because um, education is one thing, but you want them to have access to other things outside of that. So my daughter wanted to play the piano. She started, then the one wanted to play the guitar, and then the other wanted to play the drums. So they all went to practice music. Oh, the son played football. The youngest son wanted to play basketball. I wanted to make sure they had access to to other stuff. Well-rounded children. You know what I mean? But I also was there, supportive. Sat down at the table with them and did homework with them. You know what I mean? I, I involved myself in the lives of my kids. They weren't just accessories. You you get what I'm saying? Moving on, goddamn. She wanted she wanted a child really bad. She was looking at her age. I can I can understand. You've heard me talk about this for myself many, 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 many days. And I'm still feeling the fucking same way. But there's nothing I can do about it. Well, it is. I can go fucking get a kid. I really can. I I mean, it wouldn't be an issue for me to go get one. I can get one still. And you would say it would be disrespectful. Hmm. Possibly be disrespectful, but I was waiting for someone to give it to me. And they don't want to. So I could be disrespectful, but I'm not going to be. You know, who does that? I'm here every day talking about our choices and who we are and how we do certain things. And about respecting your mate and honoring them. You get what I mean? It, when we operate, 
in particular manners is just not appropriate. If you trust God to give you what you need, even though you're looking at the situation and it's a hard thing to, 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 um, I can understand how she felt. She never had any children. I've had three already. Um, technically more, but you know what I'm saying. I can imagine what her life was like. I have a friend who wanted a child so bad she no longer has a womb. And I wanted to help her because she really wanted a child. And I understood her pain. There are people every day that are trying so hard to have children, but they cannot have them. Some are so engrossed in um, despair that they buy fake baby dolls in order to feel like a mother. You understand? Some people have lost many children and have a hard time. I don't know what her feelings were, but she really wanted a child. So she she got a surrogate. But surely she really didn't get a surrogate because normally the surrogate leaves you with a child. That's not what happened here. I'm sure she had to live with the fact that this woman could bear her husband a son the first try with no problem. And I'm sure there had to been some type of arrogance that went along with it. Because she was able to do something that she couldn't. But what she had was her husband's love. You understand me. Surely her husband's love wasn't enough. It takes me and reminds me of Hannah and Penina. Samuel's mother. Her husband loved her so dearly. And he he hoped his love was enough. He doted on her. He showered her her with things, but it wasn't enough. But the difference between the two was Hannah was like, I'm going to have this conversation with my father. And I ain't getting up or I'm not going to stop coming to see him until he gives me what I want. She went there daily, diligently praying and seeking God for a child. And she refused to give up to the point she cried every day for it. Huh? After the child is born now, is Ishmael here? And God intervenes, says, look here now, girl, I ain't told you to get your life. And she like, oh, you really are going to give me a child, even though I'm like damn near 80 years old and shit. All right, I guess we going to see. <laughs> and she got pregnant with her son. Now she's like, oh, shit, there's a firstborn son mm-hmm. I'm worried about my baby now because cause that heifer might try to do something to my child but the story is they say that she saw Ishmael 
um, drawing a bow back at her son. She said, here's this wild heathen trying to do something to my baby. We got to get rid of his ass. Now I've made a mistake. And this is what she says to her husband. My wrong be upon thee. Well, most nigga men today be like, what the hell are you talking about? Shit, no, I'm not. You did this. This your fault. Now you got to live with it. But he took on the wrong because he understood as her covering, he should not have reacted. He should have trusted God. He shouldn't have allowed his woman to manipulate him. Because I know my God, he's always been faithful to me. And I let her talk me into some bullshit. Now I got to no longer have my firstborn son because now he's got to go away. And I got to deal with all of the bullshit behind this. See, most of y'all nigga men have been ran off from you, woman. Today, y'all ass ain't got no fucking heart. Y'all run off at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. He took on her reproach, though. He took on her hardship, the shit she did, and her emotions. He said, okay. I know you were worried. I know that you really wanted a child and you were scared. And you were looking at your age and you kept saying, ooh, I'm getting up there now, God. Ooh, I mean, like, I'm 60 now, I'm 70. Ooh, you understand me. Mhm. Yeah. Abraham was strong in faith and in righteousness. Yet he listens to his wife's demand and incorporated someone within their marriage to find fulfillment. They both did. It wasn't just him, they both did it. And it backfired on him and her. And it'll also backfire on you. This is why we don't act rashly. This is why we seek God in things. Even though the wife is like, baby, please, let's get this. And, and the husband is like, no, no. Mm-mm. This is why it's important to choose a rational wife that's willing to listen to what you have to say. Foolish women destroy their own house. That's what she did, didn't she? <laughs> That's what both of them did, didn't they? The Proverbs 14 and 1 in the Tanakh states, Every wise woman builds her house. She do. She builds it. She knows Having a strong home is important. I'm going to do everything to preserve my house. Yes, honey. Even if I don't agree, sometimes. <laughs> you got to learn to say, all right, I don't agree with that bullshit. But if this is what you're going to do, all right, I ain't nothing I can say. I'm going to let you make these mistakes. Even though I can see the mistakes going. You've heard me tell you, goddamn. He said, leave it. He going to do it. So I leave it alone. Boy, and I be seeing that shit, and I be like, damn. I mean, it's so much easier to do it this way. 
But if this is what he wants to do, then I'm going to be quiet and let him do it. Some days I'll be like, man, if you just... And he would be like, ah, ah, ah. I'll be like, all right, goddamn. You got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then some days he would be like, hey. I'll be like, mm-hmm. All right, now. Here we go with it. If I ever have to, if, <laughs> ever I be saying, um, I said X Y. There you go. I'm like, oh shit, now, goddamn. <laughs> uh, oh boy, he ain't gonna let you say you told him so. Ah, uh, hell no, goddamn. As soon as you start saying like you like you about to say you said something, he gonna stop you right in the middle of it. You can't say I told you so to his ass. Mm-mm. He ain't gonna let you say that. Mm-mm. You gonna what? You gonna you what? 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 I be like, all right now. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh, mm-mm. He ain't gonna let you say I told you so. Mm-mm. You ain't gonna let. He ain't even gonna let you repeat. As soon as he hear you saying like you finna say you told you you told him so. Oh shit. He finna come at you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Yeah, she does. Ooh, he go in there with a mother matchstick and burn that shit and pour gasoline all on it. There are some women who will destroy it. They will destroy the man, the house, the children, all of it, goddamn. And they not realizing they just destroying everything. Alright. The husband is the head, but the wife is the crown. Do you not understand it? He the head, she the crown. She just sits on top of it. Not to move or do anything, but just sits. It's not her responsibility to lead him or tell him what to do. Not the neck that controls the head. Notice that. The husband is the head, but the wife is the crown. Not the neck that controls the head. (laughs) Yep. I know a lot of women didn't like that one, but it's the truth nonetheless. Proverbs 14 and 1. From the Tanakh, I can provide a general understanding of the verse. In the context of the book of Proverbs, it often contrasts the characteristics and the outcomes of the wise and the foolish. This verse speaks to the role of a woman in the household and the impact she can have on its well-being. Because we have an ability to build things. You know, uh, like, it's, it's times he would tell me something he want to do and I get to move. And he'd be like, did I ask you to do that? No, you ain't asked me to do it. But, I mean, just trying to be proactive. That's what we do. We We, we, we move. That's why we're called help mates. What do you think help means? We assist. You speak it and we want to bring it into fruition. 
We are helping you bring it into fruition. Now think about that. You speak a vision and then a woman comes in and starts making it come to pass. That's what the fuck you call teamwork. Right? When you say this is what I want, she starts moving. That's a collective. You're working to get some shit done. Whether or not she asks you if you need it done. She's doing what comes natural for her to do. If you stop her from doing what is natural, you're removing something from her. That's only if it's productive. Now, goddamn, there's a counterproductiveness to that. Because some women are busybodies. And they're trying to tell you what to do. And how to do it and when to do it. It's, there's one thing when you say, mm, I was thinking about doing X, Y, and Z. And it reminds me of the Proverbs 31 woman. She considers a field and buys it. Considers, meaning I was looking at it, thinking about it. Mm. Now, after she's considered it, you best believe, goddammit, she talked to her husband about it because she ain't do it without telling him uh, I see it again when they. Are we talking about teamwork here? Y'all learning to work together collectively. Yeah. Sit down and and map out things. Think about what that what that means in a home. When y'all start working out some shit, talking to each other about it, putting it together, and making it happen. What 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 would black households look like if more if no if more couples did that? What would that really look like? How would that really be? Oh my God, that would be some phenomenal ass shit. Just imagine where the black um, um, community would be, and what that would look like if we had more couples on that level. Just saying, I don't know. All right, the verse suggests that a wise woman contributes to the construction and preservation of her household she do she gonna preserve it she gonna preserve it at all uh she gonna ensure that her home is solid she gonna make sure her husband is covered and protected he ain't gonna be wanting for shit i'm just saying like when you when you see that a woman has got him that way it takes me back to Proverbs 31 when it says that um, he goes out and everybody's celebrating him because his wife is 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 someone to be considered to be looked at. And that is not in, inappropriate looked at. No, he, he got the wife, nigga. His wife is out here doing shit and, and the men are like, damn, look at what you got. Bro, your wife is out here respectfully. She covers herself up. She ain't out here with her ass and tits out. She respectful. She got goings on. She makes him look respectable as well. You understand? 
when you, you take your woman around other people and they like, damn, bro, how the hell did you get that? Because look at what she's doing. Uh, that's that's you, bro. Damn, like, how did you get that? Yeah, uh-huh. That's when you, you, you know, you're proud of what you have because in the community, she's somebody to, she's a respectable woman. She ain't tearing down her house if she respectable outside and away from you. You trust that she going to go conduct herself appropriately and not make you look shameful. You can bring her around other people, too, and she ain't going to disrespect you or make you look shameful. Y'all already know when y'all got them hellions, y'all can't take their ass no goddamn way. Just saying, I don't know. Moving on, man. Y'all be like, ooh, you always saying you don't know. Because... Black people, y'all be, <clears throat> I can say some stuff and then <coughs> people are going to have some shit to say about it. That's why I'll be like, I don't know shit. Based on how I view it, some other people might not view it the same way. So I'm speaking the truth, but it doesn't mean that this truth everybody's going to agree with. Because we live in a world today where women don't give a shit. You know, I had... You hear all kinds of stuff women do out here now. I was sitting here listening. A, a, a thing ran across my screen. And there's a chick called Jocelyn. And, and she's on the house. Some shit. I don't forget. Real Housewives or something like that. And she has something called a... um. What do you call it? A uh, um, burlesque show. And she was saying how these young girls, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 year olds, they, they come to see her show and they can't get in. They got to be 21 to come in because she had women eating vagina on stage. And they want to quit school and be a part of her burlesque show. And I'm saying to myself, so you're telling me I would have a daughter, 16, 17, 18. I'm taking them to see her show. She said they mothers are taking them to see it. But they can't get in because they got to be 21. So they stay outside just to wait to see her. And I'm saying, I got one daughter. Ain't no motherfucking way I would ever take her at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. She's 28, goddamn. And I'm still not taking her to see or partake in any motherfucking thing as disrespectful as that. For any mother to take their daughter to fucking see. There's certain things I'm not going to do with my daughter. Even though she's fucking grown. How disrespectful are the women today? I heard a brother say that mothers take their daughters to certain things that make them look whorish. And he's saying, he was quoting the scripture and saying that the, the word tells you not to whore out your daughter. And the woman was all up in his face and she said, we talking about kids now. You don't you don't talk about kids this way. And I'm like, 
Okay, so she's not comprehending at the fact that he's saying don't go out in the world and let your daughter know it's okay to behave like a whore. But she's so focused on the fact that he's saying that girls should not behave this way because she's out doing the very thing that he's condemning. It's the world we fucking live in, y'all. Yeah, it is. Mothers are praying that their sons are gay and they taking their daughters to see another woman chump on the carpet of another woman. Yeah. And you know the first thing someone will say, you judging, you can't be judging, don't judge, judge not. Mm. So you don't have a problem with standing before a peer of your uh, uh, being judged by your peers when some shit go down in the courtroom. You don't have no problem with that shit. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You don't have no problem people judging you when you can't sing for shit on American Idol because they got judges doing that shit too. Uh huh. Yeah, you ain't got no problems with none of that shit. You don't got no problem with nobody judging your ass on a cook show. Hmm. You ain't got problem with nobody judging your ass on a whole bunch of other shit that'll make you money. That's fine. But we can't judge your character, huh? <laughs> now, ain't that some crazy shit? Moving on now. I don't know. I just see stuff. You know, I just see shit. I don't know. I'm just saying and whatnot. <laughs> On the other hand, a foolish woman is depicted as destructive, causing harm to her own household. This may imply that her actions or lack of wisdom lead to negative consequences. It does. You know, like I just said, the women taking their kids to, you know, see other women chump on carpets. And then and then when they out pregnant or something, you're going to be saying, crying, oh, you got a baby. No, goddamn, you, 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 it's the music, you know, it's, it's how kids got Cardi B going on in the background and they mamas and shit, and the little kids is listening to this repeatedly in their ear and they shaking ass and doing all kinds of stuff because that's cute. And then um, when they like five and six, it's cute, right? Because they all on social media and then when they get about 15, they pregnant, you want to cry. But you've preconditioned her with a particular mindset. I was calling the boot because I have um, tomorrow I'm giving out backpacks and stuff and, and school supplies. And I was calling him to tell him that I had some stuff for his daughter. And he's like, oh, she get all her own stuff. I was like, wow, proactive. She 15. She already went and got her own stuff. See, now, I like shit like that. That's that's some amazing stuff when you got kids proactive about school supplies. They didn't done it before the parents even. I mean, like, you, kids, and get she got her stuff together. 
That's the kind of shit you want to see your child do. Not shake her ass all across the social media and pop her vagina and, and stuff. And, and, and you think that shit's cute. Filling out applications before they even told they should to to go to college. You know, 15, 16 year olds. Getting ready for college. Shit like that. You know, already got what they want to do in life situated and they trying to figure out a plan of how to pull all that stuff together to make sure their grades is is appropriate. You know, that shit. That's the shit you want to see a kid do. Proactive stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm moving on. See, you, you understand these these children will be women one day. When you see them all across social media doing things they should not do as women, one day they will be mothers and daughters-in-laws and husbands, wives, I mean. And some of them will be husbands and shit. I'm just saying and shit. Because, you know, folks has been told you can choose a gender and whatnot. As if that's not fucking mad-ass... Um, it's called gender dysphoria, mind you now. It's a mental health issue. All the government said is they... What's the harm in letting them believe that? Even though we know they got a mental illness, it's okay. Y'all not getting this shit. Y'all be... Alright, y'all be thinking I'm saying some fucked up shit. Go look it up. Gender identity dysphoria. That's what it's called. Gender identity dysphoria. It is a mental illness. The only thing is, is the government has said it's okay for you to allow them to do it. But, you know, this is the same thing we do with people who have schizophrenia. They tell you to not tell people they don't see what they see. You talk to them in their delusion and you... Go ahead and allow them to believe it. It's okay. Same shit. Go look it up. You forgot I'm a psychologist. I'm not lying. What's the harm in it? If they kids and they want to believe that now, I mean, it's okay. I'm going to say it again. I was talking to... Uh, doctor over the weekend and I was telling him about one of somebody I know who's taking hormones as a female taking the hormones to be a male and they stay sick and he said you know it causes heart problems in women because testosterone does that to you it fucks your heart up you end up with heart problems, goddamn. You understand? All right, now. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking about shit. Because y'all, y'all be thinking I'm being mean or racist or some shit. I got a problem with people doing stuff. But I got a problem motherfuckers not understanding shit. And they just let their kids do a whole bunch of shit because somebody told your ass that's what you're supposed to do. But you don't look into the shit. They don't. They don't prep the kids and understand that shit. They just let them operate in their emotions and their dysfunctional thinking patterns. Because that shit is still considered mental illness all day, every day. You think I'm joking. Look the fucking shit up.
Look it up. Look it up. Listen to a psychologist tell you it. Or a psychiatrist tell you that. And then see if I'm being mean. Moving on, goddamn. Sirach 26 and 16. As the sun when it arise in the high heavens, so is the beauty of a good wife in the ordering of her house. Well, in the ordering of her house, you would think she's it's just talking about being clean and orderly. No. In the structure of it. Because a mother structures the home too. <laughs> you forgot we make schedules and make sure everything running. Who get the kids up in the morning and make sure they got the stuff together? That's structure. Who set the schedules and shit? Huh? Make sure you catch the doctor's appointments and everything and whatnot. Make sure daddies keep shit together. Because I'm, I'm telling you, my, my, my ex-husband, when we was married, his shit on top of it. Kids shit be off. <laughs> I swear, I used to have to keep him on top of everything the kids was doing and what we were doing. He forget everything. But everything he did, he had structure in it. Had a whole list and... I mean, everything will be put together for him. But when it came for me and the kids, it was always, he always forget. It wasn't even put on the list. Just saying, moving on now, goddamn. The commentary on this verse might further explore the cultural and the social implications of a woman's role in the ancient Hebrew society, as well as the broader application of wisdom and folly in the various aspects of life. Because it's true. Walking in wisdom, it alleviates a lot of stress in your life. I'm not saying you won't have any. But when you have an ability to sit down and reason out some things, it alleviates stress. It's like having a person who don't think. You know, men, have you ever dated a woman that don't really think and they just always popping off without actually thinking about stuff? And then you trying to reason with them, no matter how hard you try to reason with them, the worse the shit gets and the more they begin to pop off and they just make it seem like you're not understanding them. But the more you try to conversate with them, the worse they get. And, and and don't let time let go and y'all still have it settled, whatever the issue is, because that shit coming right back up again. You know what I'm talking about. And then they're going to nag you about it for days. Just saying. Moving on. Part two, in conclusion, Proverbs 14 and 1 in the Tanakh presents a contrast between a wise woman and a foolish woman in the relation to their impact on their households and the verse carries a moral base a moral lesson about the importance of the wisdom and prudence in maintaining a harmonious and thriving family unit because it does 
the more you keep your family thriving, it's like having kids. There's some women who literally cause division between their children. They constantly keep them battling. They destroy their own children. Do you understand the dysfunction in that? When people have favorite kids and they have disfavorite ones, that's destroying your home. You get what I mean? Pettiness going on. They keep drama and dysfunction amongst the family members. Chaos everywhere they go. Not just in their home and other people's homes, too. They be fucking up their friends' relationships. They be doing all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm talking about now. Sirach 36, 24. He that getteth a wife begineth a possession or begineth a possession. Uh, help like to, unto himself and a pillar of rest. Well, goddamn. He not talking about any wife. He talking about a good wife. A wife who walks in wisdom is a possession. It's something to behold. Right? A help like unto himself. When y'all operate in the same mindset, it is like having someone like you, right? With the same principles. You hear me talk about it all the time. You hear me talk about it because I'll be telling you that's what that's how I raised my sons. To make sure their mates have the same principles. Because if they don't, they're going to have what? Chaos. And a pillar of rest. Why is it a pillar of rest? Because if y'all have similar principles and then you, you got a wife that's a helpmate unto you. That's, 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 that's like you. Then y'all ain't going to have all that chaos. Then you're going to have rest. You ain't going to be having to worry about shit. Because she ain't going to be driving your ass crazy. She gonna make your home peace. That's why it's a rest to you. You feel what I'm saying? Sirach 36 and 25. Where no hedge is there, the possession is spoiled. Where there's no man. Because remember, he's the hedge. Where there's no structure, where the husband is not operating as a hedge. As a protection, one that guards the home. You feel what I'm saying here? If the man is weak and he ain't operating effectively, there is nobody to stop her from getting out of control. Oh, shit, now. Notice how certain women married very weak men because they can run all over their ass. All right, now listen now, listen now. Colon, remember, something important is next. And he that hath no wife will wander up and down mourning. Now, he did has a wife. And he that does not have a wife. Why is he going up and down mourning? Because he don't have somebody to keep him in line. And I don't mean by li- in line. You know how um I, I heard a man say women structure men sometimes. Because some men will get a decent wife and she'll structure him. You know, change the way his life is and better it. Not that she's ruling or doing anything wrong, that she just brings some type of structure in his life. Just moving on. Okay, it says, and the verse begins by... 
highlighting the action of a, a wise woman stating that she builds her house. This metaphorically, this metaphorical language implies that a wise woman takes an active role in establishing and nurturing her household. She contributes to its stability, happiness, and overall well-being through her wise decisions, actions, and management. Yes, yes, she does. God damn, yes, she does. I said this earlier. In contrast, the verse goes on to describe the actions of a foolish woman who tears it, her house, down with her own hands. This portrays a woman who lacks wisdom and exercises poor judgment or um, destructive behavior. That's a lot of women today, ain't it, goddamn? Her actions result in negative consequences for her household, potentially leading to strife, disarray, or even the dissolution of the family unit. Meaning, it destroys the family to the point where there's no more family. Because she's completely eradicated it. Because the man's gone now, goddamn. And that's what happens. The verse serves as a warning about the potential consequences of foolishness and the value of wisdom in family life. It suggests that a wise woman in exercising discernment, understanding, and and skill, understanding, right? Having an understanding wife. There ain't nothing like somebody that really understands you. And they comprehend, you know, who you are. And they get you. And skill can positively influence the atmosphere and dynamics within her household. In contrast, a foolish woman, through her actions or lack thereof, can bring about harm and instability in her own family. This has already been said up here, ain't it? Yep, mm-hmm, but that's okay. I'm going to move on. This proverb has broader implications, applications beyond gender roles, and it does. Our specific time periods, it um, underscores uh, the um, universal importance of wisdom, prudence, and responsible decision making and maintaining and nurturing any kind of relationship or social unit it encourages individuals to cultivate wisdom and make choices and contribute to well-being and flourishing of their households and it does i mean when you think about a wise person builds the house and then there's one that tear it down the one there's a foolish one that tears it down what what is it i mean like when you really think about the your relationships what are you doing right now in your relationship that's dysfunctional i want you to take time to really think about that what are you doing in your relationship right now that's dysfunctional And why do you believe or why do you think you're doing this dysfunctional thing within your relationship? 
and really take some time to try to figure out why or what it is that you're doing to cause it to be dysfunctional. Because a lot of times it's for a purpose. And when you begin to realize why you're making it dysfunctional, then the next step would be is, do you repair the thing that you're doing and change the behavior? Or do you release the relationship? Because it's either, be- it's either because you're running from something or you don't want to be in it and you're too scared to let go of it. It's one or the other. And if you're running from something, what is it about the relationship that's causing you to run? And if you just don't want to be in the relationship, what is it about the relationship that you can't go ahead and release yourself from and no longer just be in it? You've got some thinking to do. All right, moving on. These are the last two scriptures I have. Sirach 25 and 1. In three things, I was beautified and stood up beautiful both before God and men, colon, something important is next. The unity of brethren having the unity of the people around you, your your people. The love of neighbors, meaning you have good neighbors around. Because I'm like, like, having great neighbors is good because y'all connected and y'all going to look out for one another. And a man and a wife that agree together. Because <clears throat> being in a relationship when y'all can be in one mindset and y'all can agree and y'all know how to work out things. It's, it's, it's great. And I know some people say that that's impossible. No, it, it's possible. You can't agree. You just, it takes time to cultivate that type of relationship to be able to communicate with each other and to be free and okay with somebody rejecting what you want them to do. <laughs> it's okay. And it's some, for somebody, somebody, you should have to be comfortable with someone saying, no, I don't want you to do that. Or I don't know. You got to be comfortable with somebody saying no to you. That's really what that's about. A, a good relationship is one's ability to be honest with their mate and that person being okay with them being honest with them. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, it's okay. It's only going to be uncomfortable for a minute when y'all first practice it. But your relationship is all the better for when y'all can be honest with one another about stuff. It changes things and it makes the relationship, it makes you more closer to each other. This is the last one. This is Sirach 25 and 8. And it says, well is him that dwelleth with a wife of understanding and that hath not slipped with his tongue and that hath not served a man more unworthy than himself. I think about slip with the tongue because some people say mean things and they say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. But some of y'all mean to say the mean shit you say. 
and I think about slipping of the tongue is being um, strong enough to apologize when you do so. But a lot of times it'd be real shit. Y'all be really meaning to say the things you say. You just didn't mean for them to hear it. Anyway, um, that is it. I'm sorry it went a little bit over. Ooh, it's almost two hours again. Um, I love y'all, but it has been almost two weeks since the last time I did this. And I'm about to get off now. Um, yeah, it was a little long, but it was really good today. Um, and I'm I'm sorry if I might have offended some people with some of the shit I be saying. I'll be trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to be honest and real about certain stuff. Anyway, Salim, Shalom, Salam, whichever one you choose. Much love and respect to you. If nobody's told you that I, that they love you, know that I love you. You are special. Believe you me. Because you are the chosen seed. There is no one else like you upon the earth. Woo-wee. Come on now. Chosen now, goddamn. I think I got another one at work today. I'm so excited. I get so excited when I um when I'm when I talking to people about God and they um they understand where I'm coming from. Um, when I'm sharing this truth to certain people, um, it's beautiful to me. It's just one more person that I got. You know, that's going to recognize some things. And that's just beautiful. Um, It's not too many people that's welcoming of understanding that you can actually sit down and talk to. And will begin to have dialogues with you about certain stuff. Because people tend to get in their feelings. But when you actually have people you can communicate with and they have some understanding. That even though it's a little different than what they're used to seeing or knowing. That they still are open to know more and that they're going to check um, on the things that you're saying to them. Anyway, um, God is so good. Um, it's a wild day today because somebody got drunk on um, hand sanitizer at work and shit. Yes, people actually get drunk from, from drinking hand sanitizer, niggas. Don't be drinking no motherfucking hand sanitizer, all right? Get your life together. And if you got to be drinking hand sanitizer, you already know you need some recovery. You understand me? Anyway, um, keys, keep me in prayer. I am attempting to do this fast one last time. I'm not doing it again after this time. I'm going to tackle this thing. I'm going to get it done. And I wanted to say again, I love y'all. Know that you are special to me, that you are something to behold. And and um, please know, know that you are a special kind to me. I thank you for listening and um, rocking with a sister this time. And if you've been with me since day one, you already know, Monica. You, you, you got my heart, you feel me? And niggas. Niggas, remember earlier I told you to reflect? Please, take some time to really think about some shit. Because I know I'm going to be thinking very deeply about today's message. And I told you I always listen to it a couple of times. And there was a couple of things that I wanted to go over in my last message. But I ain't going to do it now since it's been long. Anyway, good night, y'all. Shalom. Um, or as they say, as alaikum. Yeah. Peace.